This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As the Astros, a franchise record, 103 wins during the regular season. <laughs> We're a better team than last year. It's the team that plays the best. It's October. Special teams do special things in October. Fans loving it. The American League Championship Series. And Springer drives this one deep to right center field. Looking up. See you later. Turn up your radio, Houston. This is club down the left field line. And that's down. It's the Houston Astros. Altuve will score. Bregman will score. Astros Radio. How about Barwin Gonzalez? Houston's exclusive. And it made magic. Hometown call. Follow the Houston Astros throughout the postseason right here on the Houston Astros Radio Network. Game one of the ALCS pregame coverage begins at 6.30 Central Time. First pitch, 7.09. Astros manager A.J. Hinch was asked questions by the media Friday at Fenway. Any roster decisions? <laughs> I knew that was going to be the first one. Uh, yes. Um, I've let the players know today, you know, what our plan is, and it's changed a little bit from our, from our uh, division series roster. We're going to add a pitcher and subtract a position player, so Miles Straw will not be on the roster. Um, and we're going to add... Hector Rondon and Joe Smith and Will Harris will not be on the roster. So um, if you look at our roster from last series, copy-paste every other name. Just what went into that thinking? I mean, Straw was yeah. the guy you didn't use that Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you piece together – I mean, I should make my plea for, like, a 26-man roster for the playoffs because he would have, he would have uh, been a nice weapon to have. You know, he and Marisnik – are very similar. Jake's got a ton of history um, in this ballpark, and and certainly on the defensive side, we you know I could run Tony Kemp as well. So the extra the extra runner um, versus Evan Gaddis is a guy on the bench. Uh, the extra pitcher getting through this lineup's really hard, um, and I want to give uh, I guess we want to give myself as much as much opportunity to mix and match and and create some some different looks for these hitters that that we're about to face. So extra pitcher in a seven-game series, um, you know, having having a, a bench of um, most likely like a McCann, Gaddis, uh, Kemp, and Marisnik is a, is a good look. Down here on the left. What made Will Harris kind of the odd guy out? I know you like Joe against the righties, but what made Will? Yeah, no, it's not really Will. I mean, Will's odd man out by numbers, not by skill. Um, and we just, you know, I think Josh James – Came in and 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 became a viable weapon. He's got he's got length. He's got um, you know he's got 100 miles an hour in his back pocket. He's got a good breaking ball, a good changeup. Um, Hector and Joe both very valuable relievers, very high end relievers for us. And so it, um, you know it's a little bit of just you got to pick a guy group of guys and and we're going with the guys that we feel best match up for different looks for different parts of their batting order and. Um, not an easy exercise because there's a great argument that Will should be on this roster. There's a great argument that um, Chris Davinsky, Brad Peacock should be on this roster. But um, it surprises me that I can say that, that, that I can say that those guys are left off a playoff roster. But um, it's the way it is. Ken, back left. AJ, mm-hmm. in your 20-plus um, years 
in the in the big leagues, various roles. Where would you put uh, Justin Verlander if you were ranking starting pitchers you've seen over that time? Number one right now, he's my number one starter. Um, you know, I think he he is. He's a pitcher that transcends a lot of different generations. You know, he, he's he stood the test of time. He stood the test of the evolution of the game. Um, he's evolved as a pitcher himself with how he uses his pitches, what he believes in. Um, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I think he's he's someone that that um, has done everything in the game from being you know a big time pitcher in the postseason to his personal struggles where people were writing him off as is is nearly ending his career to to now being, um, you know, a Cy Young contender. So it's, it's been incredible to, to watch him grow and mature. You know, when I, I was with the Tigers as a player when they drafted him, and um, he was in the minor leagues when I was in my career. And I, but you heard a lot about him, and and I, you know, I guess rarely do you get someone who performs, you know, above the threshold that we put on these players nowadays that are drafted high or that are first overall or that are in the top five picks. I mean, it's. It's hard to exceed expectations nowadays, and he's doing it every step along the way at an age where um, he's been written off multiple times and, and responded with his, you know, his best season ever. Back to the right. AJ, um, you, you guys obviously have a deep bullpen based solely on the names that you've mentioned that aren't on the roster. Right. Given that, why was it important for you guys at the trade deadline to move an upgrade in the, uh, in the bullpen, and what were the kind of factors that drove you in that direction yeah you know we were we we i think you're always at a reliever i mean that's just kind of what, what you feel like you you need to do and and answer any questions that you have i mean we've we've had a, a good bullpen for a couple of years now and i know last off or last postseason you know i sat at tables like this and had to defend our bullpen quite a bit because we were moving relief our starters into the relief uh into the relief side and and you know, I just think when you you can never have too many pitchers, you can never have too many weapons, you can never address every single part of dynamic lineups like we're about to face. And so, uh, when the guys became available, our front office did a good job of vetting through the options and 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 really liked the additions of Osuna and Presley. Specifically, we addressed it in the in the off season with Smith and Rondon. We we challenge our guys to always um, to always you know. Find different ways and find different different avenues to get guys out, and 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 we wound up with a healthy group of really good performers that we have to choose from when you when you limit yourself in the in the postseason. So um, it's nice to have that, and then you know you sprinkle in a McCullers now in the back end, um, it makes it even deeper. Here in the middle, uh, AJ uh, Justin is one of a series of pitchers who came to Houston and seemed to show immediate improvement, striking out more guys, walking fewer guys. Uh, where should the credit go for, for that change? For him, for Cole, for Morton, right. Presley, all these guys? I think, well, I think credit always starts with the players. I mean, their, their talent is, is their talent, their work ethic, their open-mindedness, their, their ability to impl implement is, is critical in this. Uh, Brent Strom's been a terrific pioneer of a lot of uh, different things with the pitching department. Um, you know, CB over here uh, to, to Doug White in the bullpen now, um, guys that have touched these guys' careers, our analytics team, our front office does a great job of providing information, providing uh, thoughts, ideas, um, but it circles back to the player. You know, I always credit the player because he has to be the guy, he has the ball with the ball in his hand. And, and, you know, that collection of people that I just mentioned that provide information, push, pull, tug, applaud, um, and, and impact players' careers is uh, it's a true team effort. 
Okay, a few more. We'll get Verlander in here. Over here to the right. AJ, how's Alex's personality in the clubhouse and the way he carries himself changed with all the success he's had here over the last year? Bregman or Cora? Um, or Cintron, I should say, too. So um, Bregman, you know, Tr Bregman is, uh, is, um, is really everything you want in a baseball player. I mean, he, his, his personality is enormous. Um, he, he, uh, he's comfortable in his own skin. He's, he's obviously very entertaining. Um, I don't know his handle on Twitter or I would give it to you. He, he's, he's just somebody that, that, that people gravitate to. He, he doesn't um, ever have a bad day. You know, he gets frustrated with himself when he's not perfect. He he wants to be this, he wants to be the best baseball player he's ever been around. And and I applaud him for his approach and and always trying to find ways to get better. But when you when you walk into a major league clubhouse as a young player, and he's still a young player, and you're you're able to, um, you get positive reactions out of the pitching side, the Latino side, the American side, the position player side. There's there just aren't that many players in the game that kind of transcend an entire major league clubhouse, and he's he's one of them. And he's you never know what to expect with him. I didn't know the stairs were coming. I didn't know the um, you know the, the tiger to to Floyd Merriweather comparison. Like that was pretty unique. Um, he just he brings it every day. Jason in the back on the left. AJ, how would you describe the connection between Verlander and Cole? Um, do you think that Cole could have had the season he's had without it? And do you think that he's had an impact on mm -hmm. Justin? I think he could have had this season because Cole's very gifted and tremendously intellectually curious on how to get better. Um, but I think JV's helped. I think I think elite pushes elite. You know, there there's he they they have a nice brotherhood between the two of them. You add Keichel into the mix and McCullers and Charlie Morton and our entire rotation fed off of wanting to. Um, you know, kind of get their 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 slice of attention, and you know, JV does a great job of of setting the tone at the top of the rotation. And Garrett, um, who is who's masterful at grabbing one little thing from everybody that he comes across, JV to Dallas to Lance to to Strami to, um, he's intellectually curious. He asks a lot of questions, and so that and being thrust behind Verlander every single time along the way. Um, there had to have been a little bit of positive impact there. So I, uh, I see him talking all the time. They're always talking pitching, and they're debating. They don't always agree. Um, but I think Garrett's uh, demeanor, makeup, and ability to, to, to gravitate to, to, to people that can help him get better helped that relationship from the get-go. The Astros game one starting pitcher Justin Verlander at Fenway Park on Friday. What is it about October that seems to bring out the best and and guys like you and other big game pitchers, when the, the lights are the brightest and the, there's more focus on you and the games are magnified and that sort of thing? I don't know. Um, you know, I think uh, <laughs> maybe just because the lights are brighter, it's a little more noticeable if you have a good game. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, you either want to be in the moment or you don't. Um, you know, for me, I've always wanted to be in it. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to have success, but um, when you're not shying away from, from the moment, uh, you know, and, and doing everything you can to be prepared. I think that's the biggest thing in, in any facet. You know, if you're walking in to take a test, you know, and you're prepared, you feel more confident. You know, when I'm walking out to the mound and I know that I've done everything I can possibly do up to this point, all the way back to my first workout of the off season. You know, I've done everything to build up to this to this moment, to this point in time, and, and know that um, I'm as prepared as I can possibly be, physically, mentally, and uh, you know, the rest is just time to go play baseball.
Next question. <clears throat> Justin, what do you remember um, about J.D. Martinez when he was uh, with Detroit? He was talking about his early struggles with the Astros and how he learned from failure and, and just in general guys who can struggle early in their career and then all of a sudden find it and turn their whole career around and, and what you're able to see with him uh, with the Tigers. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really impressive. Uh, honestly, uh, you know, having having been there from from the moment he turned his career around, you know, uh, you know, he he went and completely revamped his swing that offseason and, and saw immediate dividends from hitting 10 homers, I think it was, in April in the minor leagues to coming up and never stopped hitting from then until now. So uh, it was uh, honestly him and I had a lot of great conversations. Um, we like to uh, we like to go back and forth at each other sometimes, um, kind of uh, talk hitting, talk pitching, just uh, kind of pick each other's brains. But um, seeing somebody like that who worked so hard and turned their career around to uh, where he's at now, uh, as a as a fellow player, um, and you know you, you you respect it, and and I'm happy for him. I really am. Stay there on the left, uh, Justin. Last year you were pitching for that first ring. This year, besides going for a second one, do you also feel like you're sort of pitching to cement your legacy as an all-time great? If you have another big postseason, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't think about that. Um, I try not to anyway until it's brought to my attention. Uh, it, that's not why I, I pitch. That's not why I play this game. I play the game because I love it, um, and, and I, I love competing. That's what I love to do. So, um, you know, uh, these, are the, these are the biggest moments against the, the best teams and the brightest lights. Uh, it's the best time to compete. So, um, you know, I, I've always just been, uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Finding Nemo, Dory, just keep swimming, you know. That's me. Just keep pitching. Just head down prepare myself and just keep pitching, man. And at the end of my career, hopefully, uh, when I look up and all is said and done, um, that's cemented my legacy. But as far as what I think about, it's not that. It's just uh, just pitching, just taking the ball every five days. Stay on the left. <clears throat> uh, Justin, obviously, the Astros are an organization that relies heavily on analytics. How do you balance digesting the information that the coaching staff may give you while also not suffering from information overload? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, having started uh, my baseball career before uh, the analytic uh, blossom, I guess. I don't really know how to uh, term it, but um, just learning how to pitch with feel. Uh, you know, I think that benefits me big time in games where you can be uh, weighed down by too much information, where you don't trust your eyes and your instincts. Um, I think I've been able to do a good job blending uh, the information that I can that I can take from the analytic department and also uh, blending just the thousands and thousands of pitches I've thrown at this level against hitters. And, and uh, when, it, when, you know, when it comes down to it out there on the field, um, I rely more on my instincts than I do uh, the analytics. Jason, back left. Justin, Martin Maldonado dropped out of the sky in the middle of the season and caught, caught your entire staff. What about him? enabled him to make the connection that he made with especially your rotation and you yeah. guys have not <clears throat> missed a beat. Yeah, he cares. Easy as that, you know. Uh, he stepped in right away and uh, he cared. He, take, he cared to take the time to talk to everybody individually, learn all of our signs, learn all of our tendencies, learn, you know, all of our tics, you know, whatever it was, what makes us comfortable, uh, what we would want him to do. And, uh, you know, I know that sounds pretty easy to do, but uh, in the middle of a season while you're trying to go out there and play a game and perform at a high level to also be able to take the time to do that 
and 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 really kind of just you know fit right in uh it's not easy to do and and i think what it comes down to is he he understood and him and i talked about it a little bit he understood um when he first got here his offense um was struggling pretty bad and he just didn't care you know he's like that's not why i was brought here i was brought here to make you guys better as a starting pitching staff as a pitching staff as a whole to stop the running game to do the little things as a catcher and uh you know, he, he, he understood that, and he took a lot of pride in that, and I think that's what made the transition seamless. Back here on the right. Justin, obviously you had a ton of success in Detroit, but since joining the Astros, you've had a, a huge drop in, in walk rate and a big jump in strikeouts. What made that change? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, just, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I think I've just been more consistent. I think... Uh, the last couple years, um, even though uh, you know there are pretty good seasons, um, I, I I just wasn't quite as consistent, and I think that's something that I focused on heavily this spring training. I talked about it, and uh, you know, paying attention to the little things in spring that I normally wouldn't pay attention to, um, and and I know that seems easy, but in spring training, most of the time, my focus is just to get my body prepared, get my arm ready to start the the, the grind of a regular season, and this year, instead of waiting for some inconsistencies to show themselves in season because that's usually when you see them I think mostly because you try not to put too much pressure on yourself in spring so in season uh, when hitters are really up there grinding I think that's when it's easier to see what's a little off here and there so instead of waiting for that to happen in season this year I, I really just tried to to act like spring training was in season and try to pick up on anything that could be slightly off for me and uh, honestly I think those those that paid off greatly for me right out of the gate. I felt like I had much better feel than I usually do. OK, a couple more. Kenny, in the back on the left. Justin, you said you just keep your head down and keep and keep pitching. I'm wondering, do you, do you allow yourself to think about how much longer you want to do this? Do you look at Tom Brady? Do you want to be the Tom Brady of baseball? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think the, the goal is to be healthy and to be strong as long as I can. I think as long as. I pay attention to my body and I take care of, of, of things that typically, um, you know, would creep in and start to cause issues as you get older. I think you can, you can address those early on. And, and I think treating that stuff before it becomes an issue is what makes it not become an issue, as easy as that sounds. Um, but uh, I, I mean, there's no set number for me. I, I think uh, I just want to pitch as long as I can. Um, I, I, I've had a great learning experience the last five years or so. And I think that's going to be what prepares me for the second half of my career. Last one in the back, Dave. I said second half. Yeah, second half. So uh, are we in the third quarter or the fourth <laughs> quarter? Early third. You want me to go two months? Uh, Justin, what was David Price like as a teammate? And do you find it just kind of baffling that, that he's never had a win as a starter in the postseason? Uh, great teammate. I uh, really enjoyed my time with David. Him and I still talk all the time. Um, stay in touch, uh, and and yeah, um, I, I do find that odd. Um, honestly, I hope the trend continues for the uh, short term, though. All-star infielder third baseman Alex Bregman took questions from the media at Fenway Park on Friday. Alex, what do you remember about um, attending your first game at Fenway Park when you were a kid? Um, I remember there used to be glass, right? Yeah, we we sat behind the gra the the glass and. Um, yeah, we went and saw the, the Rays play, the, the Red Sox. Um, I want to say Hank Greenberg was the uh, 
Not, no, I'm trying to remember who it was. No, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Frank Howard was the Rays uh, hitting coach. My dad, my dad, and my grandfather knew him, I think. So um, we went and told him hello. And I mean, great place to watch your first game. Fenway Park's unbelievable. Fans are incredible. When they drafted you out of high school, did, was there any minute or so of consideration at that point, or were you pretty set on going to LSU? Um. Honestly, I. I wanted to sign really bad if it was going to be in the first round, but they didn't take me in the first round. So I basically told them I was going to go to school, and um, it was just a big honor to be drafted by them. And um, but yeah, there was never really a thought like, "Hey, I'm going to sign." I, once I once I fell out of the first round, I knew I was going to go to um, LSU, and very glad I did. Next question. In the back, Ken. Alex, um, back here. Uh, the fact that this is now the two best teams in baseball records this year, does that intensify or enhance this, this upcoming series, anything like that? Well, yeah, it's um, like you said, I think it's the, the two best teams playing against each other, so it's going to be fun. Um, you got two of the best fan bases in baseball, um, two of the best pitching staffs, two of the best offenses um, going at it. and. Um, it's going to be fun. I mean, we played seven times during the regular season. It was like a really evenly matched series. Um, we're looking forward to it. I mean, we got to keep our head down, take it one pitch at a time, and stay focused. Alex, um, you guys usually have home field advantage in, in, in the playoffs. You're, you're obviously starting here. I know last year's last year, but does, does it help knowing that you know you split at Dodger Stadium last year and then when you played – the Red Sox and the ALDS uh, last season, even those at Minute Maid, you were able to get to sail early, kind of set that tone. Does does that help at all mentally for this team? Um, we definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute Maid Park. We, uh, I feel like we play well there. Um, but I saw that the Red Sox had the best home record and we had the best uh, road record, and it's the same exact number. So, I mean, we'll see. It's baseball. It's The mound's still 60 feet, six inches away. And it's it, as far as we're concerned, we got to go out and, and get game one. And um, if we get game one, we got home field advantage. Next question. Anything else? Here in the back. Alex, how excited are you to face Sal at night versus daytime? Because daytime Sal at Fenway Park is definitely difficult. Is it really? Is there? That's what I've heard. Oh, I think he's difficult. I, I think he's difficult if he's pitching whenever. He's tough. So um, it doesn't matter if he's pitching 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. He's going to be tough. And um, we know that that, that that whole team over there um, is tough. So we're, lo we're looking forward to facing him. Um, we, like, we like to compete. Um, and we're going we're gonna to take it one pitch at a time. We got a pretty good, good guy going for us, too, um, in Verlander. Over here on the left. Alex, um, has there ever been a moment where you felt like AJ wouldn't allow you to be yourself, or has that ever been an issue, or is it a quality he has to let guys show their personality, let them be their, let them be themselves? Well, I'll tell you, I wasn't going to show my personality. I was one for 38 to start with. <laughs> you don't get to show your personality when you're one for 38. So um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think I think AJ does a good job of 
of letting everybody in our clubhouse uh, just be themselves and get after it. And um, he trusts that every day we're prepared and ready to compete. Reigning AL MVP Jose Altuve took questions from the media at Fenway. You played with uh, JD throughout the minor leagues. You guys came up, I think, within just a couple of days of each other. You both signed big contracts around the same time. Um, what, what's your relationship relationship been with him and, and leading up to this uh, this playoff series now? Well, I think <clears throat> it's been great you know, since we play all the way from minor leagues to the big leagues. I'm really happy with you know all the things that have been happening to him because he's a great kid. He's a hard worker, and he really deserves to, you know, everything that, that has happened to him, like I said, and I hope he have a lot of success through, you know, all his career, but not, not this week. Next question. In the back. <clears throat> Jose, just continuing on, J.D., do you remember when he told you that he was cut by Houston and what the conversation was like? When he left Houston? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's hard to remember what he said. Obviously, we talked, but, you know, for some reason, I always believe, you know, he's going to be the player he is right now because, like I said, he he's upset with hitting since I, I met him. And, you know, he did really good uh, through the minor league. You know, he got a couple, you know, tough years with us in, in the big list. But, you know, I think the best thing that happened to him was, you know, going to the Tigers and, you know, becoming the player he is. Next. My house? Over here on the right? I'm sorry, on the left. Jose, how did you feel about uh, your season? Obviously, you dealt with injuries. I know you, you set the bar very, very high. You're very, very demanding of yourself. How did you feel overall about your season and then the ability to have these playoffs to kind of you know, clean the slate a little bit? Well, you know, team-wise, I think we are where you know, we want to be, and I'm really you know, happy with that. You know, we've been working many years to... to to you know, become a playoff team. We did it last year. We have a lot of successful, and uh, you know, this year we have a great opportunity to to make history. You know, obviously we're facing one of the best teams in the big league, and you know, I have a lot of respect for for the Rexes. But you know, uh, we have a great team individually. You know, I think I could do better. You know, a lot of up and down for me this year, but you know, we we're here in playoff. It's a new opportunity to to redeem your season. Jose, here on the right. Jose, talk a little bit about what Bregman means to the clubhouse. AJ mentioned he can connect with the pitchers, the Hispanic players, everybody. He just seems to have a knack to really the people gravitate to him. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing what he you know means for the team at such a young age. He becomes a superstar. And you know he, he has a great relationship with every single guy on the clubhouse. You know, he's a leader. And you know, like I say, he can connect with pitchers. You know, position players, coaches, everybody, and you know, like I said uh, many times, he's the biggest reason why we are playing the Rexas right now. Anyone else in the back, Scott? Uh, Alex Cora spoke about Mookie Betts in the first round and how he kind of told him, you know, you don't have to carry the team and to not put too much pressure on yourself. And he mentioned how he's had conversations with you in the past in the postseason about this. Do you remember any conversations with Alex about kind of his encouragement and letting you know that you've got a lot of guys around you? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, you know, Alex, he knows a lot about baseball because obviously he played a lot of years. And, you know, he, he say things to you that they're really, you know, meaningful and they help you a lot. 
uh, you know, I don't want to give him too much credit because he's on the other side now, but, you know, he, he knows what he's doing. Are you worried that he has some inside info on you guys? Not really. You know, no. like I say, this is a new year. We have a really good players. I think, you know, both, both sides are really good and, and, and have really good teams, pitching, hitters, and, you know, it's going to be a pretty good series. Dave in the back on the left. Jose, in game two, you'll be facing a guy who has never won a start in the postseason. And for, for an opposing team, does that, do you think that matters at all when the game starts? <clears throat> That's probably a pretty hard question. You know, I think one thing about baseball is every day is a new opportunity. You know, and you know, he can come the second game and pitch really good. Or we can take advantage of that and, you know, that's cut a lot of runs. You know, it can go either way. Uh, I always gonna go with you know my team and try to you know win the game. But at this point, I don't think it doesn't matter because, like I said, that's a new opportunity for him. But it's a new opportunity for us as well as a team. Okay. And last one here on the left. Jose, last year you guys had one of the greatest offenses of all time. This year you've had one of the greatest pitching staffs of all time. Are you impressed with the depth? in the organization as impressed as we are as writers? Uh, yeah. You know, last year we have probably, the, uh, I thought we have the best team we could ever had. And then we show up this year and in, in, in papers, the team looks, you know, way better. And I think we've been prominent during the season. Uh, you know, Justin Garrett, Charlie, Lance, and, 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 and Dallas, you know, they're, they're Unbelievable what they accomplished this year. Uh, <clears throat> if I have to say one thing that why we're sitting here, maybe you know, pitch stats and you know Alice Bregman, but you know, I'm, I'm to answer your your question, I'm as surprised as you guys that you know how good our pitching staff uh, is right now. Tune in Saturday, 6:30 p.m. Central for Game One of the ALCS at Fenway Park, the Houston Astros and Boston Red Sox. First pitch. 709 here on the Astros Radio Network. As the Astros, a franchise record, 103 wins during the regular season. <laughs> We're a better team than last year. It's the team that plays the best. It's October. Special teams do special things in October. Fans loving it. The American League Championship Series. And Springer drives this one deep to right center field. Looking up. See you later. Turn up your radio, Houston. This is club down the left field line. And that's down. It's the Houston Astros. Altuve will score. Bregman will score. Astros Radio. How about Barwin Gonzalez? Houston's exclusive. And it made magic. Hometown call.